welcome to the Wrestling Wrap-Up presented by the Anything But Credible Network. It's your boys, Tricky and Thomas. Thomas, how you doing? I am doing peachy keen on this fine winter day. How are you, Tricky? I am doing fan-fucking-tastic. I did a bunch of mushrooms last night and watched wrestling, and it was a trip. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds lovely. Absolutely, that's it. Yeah, I did a little bit of microdosing last night and watching wrestling, just the vibrant colors, especially with the light strips now on my TV. I was just like, whoa, this is wild. And then I stayed up and watched that whole 1975 concert that's on Amazon Prime. That was my Friday night. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so today we're going to talk about our top 20 matches of 2022, our top 10 moments of 2022. Uh, we're going to get into all that in just a second, but before we jump into that, I think there's a little news to discuss, and I could tell by the look on Thomas's face, he loves the news that came out yesterday. Um, if 2022 was anything, 2023 may be the craziest year in wrestling, even though 2022 was, and that's because we are, what, seven days in the 2023, and we have Sasha Banks joining New Japan Pro Wrestling, possibly doing AEW, even though Meltzer said that she's not doing it, even though I don't agree. I think she's totally going to end up being Soraya's partner on Wednesday. But the biggest thing is Vince McMahon coming back to WWE, being the cuck that he is, and fucking. Oh, I just I can't. I'm like just I'm not dumbfounded. I'm just like, of course, of course. What's your what's your take on Vince McMahon basically forcing everybody's hand on the board and bring himself back into WWE. Yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon not only brings himself back, he brings back Michelle Wilson, George Berrios. They basically take over the board. You have three board spots that go away um, that that, uh, accommodate for them. And then you had two people who also resigned on top of that, including the lead investigator for the internal investigation. Got to be the least surprising move of of those moves, for sure. Um, But I think... um, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a guy who um, his ego is unmatched, probably, um, or it's certainly matched by other billionaires, I'm sure. But it is uh, it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, he basically held them hostage and said that he would not engage in media negotiations for the new TV rights deal as the uh, as the primary shareholder, uh, which completely. You know, it, it reminds me, I think some people put this in our Russell chat, but it, it is the, like, when he brought in the NWO and he said he was going to inject the poison <laughs> WWE. This is him actually doing that. This is him actually injecting the poison, um, which is himself. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, like you said, not a shocking move, not a surprising one. Uh, it's definitely in line with what he would do, but just uh, just bad for everybody. Yeah, um, it blew my mind, especially I think it's a very telling thing when the lead investigator for your internal companies resigns, doesn't get fired. He just literally just is like, I'm fucking out. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. That's how you know shit was bad. Like if he's yeah. resigning, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Shit, shit got bad. And I just this piece of shit person and Vince McMahon to come back to just sell the company. That's all he's doing. And reports came out about a couple hours ago that JP Morgan has jumped in and to help out WWE looking for a potential buyer and the fucking leading, the leading 
company to buy this comp to buy the WWE is the Saudi Arabia company that I think that runs a uh, live golf and like all this other yep. bullshit. Like, of course, yeah. Saudi Arabia is going to buy WWE. Of course, of course. Why yeah. did I not think of that? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, we know the amount that they pay in to um, the blood money and the sand pay-per-views. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, is it is also unsurprising, but, like, it was a little bit like, oh, yeah, like you said, this, this shouldn't be shocking to us either. Um, but, yeah, uh, will, will we see the, the Saudi, what is it, Saudi Entertainment Fund or whatever they're called? Yeah. Um, will we see them uh, buy it? I, it feels more likely than it did uh, two days ago. So. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's wild. It, it's absolutely wild. And, you know, this could, he may not jump in the WWE creative too. He may not do any of that, but it's just like so many people said that he wasn't going to come back on the board and that there's no way, even Meltzer said, there's no way he can come back on the board. It just can't happen like that. And it's just like, if you read the fine print, he put in a bunch of shit in the fine print to where he could come back. And one of those things is the creative of WWE that's in the contract. Like somebody found it, posted it on the internet or posted it on Twitter. And now you have all these WWE fucking bots who I felt bad for for like an hour yesterday. And then I started reading Twitter. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> I don't know why I did. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. I'm like, you guys were the same people that said he wasn't going to come back and take back over the company. Like it, it can happen. And like, I just it just doesn't bode well. I feel bad for people like William Regal who left AEW to go to WWE. I feel bad for all the, the hires that got rehired back. Um, like what did David say in the group chat where he's like, if Uncle Howdy comes out and Bray Wyatt throws a pie in his face, you know Vince is back. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking it's great. Though. Yeah, I, I mean I think it's 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 a really good point. Like you do feel bad for the rehires, like regardless of how you feel about how they've been executed. And a lot of them we know have not been executed well. Like these are people that, you know, just trying to make their livelihood, had, a, had an agreement with the new boss, felt good about coming back, you know, in some, in some cases, like gave up some pretty good opportunities to be yeah. able to come back. And um, it, it's messed up, man. Like it's, it, it doesn't make you feel good. Even if you're like, even if you feel convinced, uh that he has no say in the creative it still casts that shadow and you still like you you're like to your point you said people thought this couldn't happen well if this can happen why why couldn't he take back over he is he's the owner yeah he is the the leading shareholder he makes the rules right now um and that's it, it, i think it's a problem for for the, the entire company and oh, yeah. it's um, it is an opportunity for AEW, frankly. Yep, a hundred percent is. And Tony Khan's tweeted, "Everybody's been so nice to me these last forty-eight hours. I wonder why." <laughs> <laughs> People got so mad about that. It's like that's fucking hilarious. Like that, that is hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, Vince McMahon back in WWE. Jesus Christ, it just blows my mind. And you know, he wants let us have the rumble. You know, like, just right. Let us have the rumble before you do this nonsense. I was excited to see Triple H like kind of build towards Mania and see like what he would do on his own, just to see yeah. if it would be any different and how they would kick it up into another gear. But I mean, of course, it'd be the Saudi Arabia group though to buy it because they're gonna overpay to to get yeah. it. Like instead, WWE is only worth like 
couple billion. It's not worth. Yeah. It's not going to be worth ten or twenty billion that Saudi Arabia yeah. is going to pay for it. No, not even with the media rights. Like, no. there's just no way. Yeah. No. But it's yeah. Jesus Christ, Vince McMahon back. Well, anyway, we're here to talk about the top twenty matches of twenty twenty two, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, oh, how was Dynamite? By the way, first timer going the Dynamite. Yeah. Dynamite was fantastic. I, I mean, literally one of the best live shows, if not the best live show that I've been to. I've been to a few uh, in my time. I mentioned to you uh, over text, every single show I've been to, I haven't been to like a ton of wrestling shows, but I would say I've been to about maybe 10, something like that in my life. And every single show that isn't like some local indie show um, has the big show or Paul White <laughs> or the Giant or whomever he is at the time. <laughs> has been on the roster and most of the time has been on the show, which is just a wild fact. My first show was August of 96, WCW, Clash of the Champions. And sure enough, there he was, the giant. Um, and here he is commenting. It was his first night on Rampage um, as the commentator during our, uh, during the New Year's, uh, during New Year's smash. And it was, uh, it was, it was a delight. Uh, but the, the show was wild, man. It was, uh, it was not quite full in the arena, but you didn't notice. I mean, it was it was loud. It was energetic. People were into it, but people weren't shitty either. You know, right, um, dude? It's insane. Cool. Like it was awesome, and I was right on the ramp. Uh, if you rewatch Dynamite, you'll see me chanting for Joe uh, as he's walking out. Um, it's it's a, it's good stuff, man. It was uh it was a damn blast. Yeah, it's you saw a hell of a show, man. Was was Jamie Hader Karashita? Was that that show? No, um, Shida was on Dark, and it was uh, early. That's right. Um, but yeah, so no, that was. Uh, but we did get the uh, the the false count anywhere. Uh, That's Shido's right. God damn! What a match! Um, literally the most insane match I've ever seen live. Yeah, um, it was it was wild. That was, I mean. Maybe it's on my list because that was one of the most insane matches I've ever seen. Like that, that match was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. And they announced St. Louis is getting uh dynamite and rampage on March 29th. Cannot wait to get tickets go on sale next week. Awesome. Or I guess when this airs this coming week. Um, but yeah, I can't. Have you wait. all have you had dynamite yet? Yeah. Yeah. We got dynamite last year for uh, road rager. Um, oh, because uh, that's right. Yep. Because yeah. that was Tony Khan's like, oh, we're sorry about full gear. It's like, that's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, give yeah, us full, right. give us I a pay per view, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. I love you, Tony. Um, <laughs> all right. Top 20 matches of 2022. Uh, like what we did last year, we're just going to run through the first 10. Um, and when we get to 10, we'll do our top, we'll do. We'll run through our five moments of 2022. And then before we do number one, we'll do the other five. That makes sense. Sounds good. All right. Um, I'll, I guess I'll go first. Uh, number 20 for me, I have Roman Reigns and Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. I mean, I have to give L Logan Paul some props here. Dude did a fucking great job in that match. Yeah. It was highly entertaining in that match. Uh, number 19, Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville, WrestleMania, night one. Can't leave it off the list. Match is just too much fun. Two of my favorite things, jackass and wrestling. Got to put it in. Uh, number 18, FTR versus the Unbucks 2 on Dynamite from this past year. 
just a stellar match where FTR won the AEW. Did they win the tag titles there? Mm-hmm. Oh, they... no, they didn't. They didn't. That was a non-title match. That's right. Yeah, it was. A, yeah. I can't remember who was champions at the time. Was it Jurassic Express, probably? Yeah, it was Jurassic Express. It was right before they lost it. Uh, number 17, I got Anarchy in the Arena, double or nothing. 16, I got Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter at full gear. 15, we got the Elite Dark Order at All Out. That to me at the time, I was like, no trios match is going to top that match. Was I fucking wrong? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> But uh, that yeah. match, the way that match ends with Hangman and the storytelling at the end of that match was just perfect. And it kind of teased, I think Punk kind of fucked it all up because it t- totally teased Hangman possibly rejoining the Elite. And it just kind of seems like that story is just kind of pushed to the side for the time being, which sucks. I really want to see it happen. Uh, number 14, we got Sheamus and Walter at Clash at, Clash at the Castle. At number 13, we got Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho at full gear. This match is so that match is so much fun to watch. I forgot about that. I left that match out. I completely forgot about it. But oh yeah, that that mm-hmm. may have either made my list, but definitely would have made an honorable mention. What a good match that was. That match is like surprisingly fun. I was not expecting that match to be that good. Um at number 12, I got Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson, two out of three falls from Dynamite. And to round it out at number 11, I got Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara ladder match. Cody Rhodes' last match in AEW. And that will round out my first 10 for the top 20 matches of 2022. Thomas, what do you got? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna say, as a, as a tiny little spoiler, I uh, have a few of those matches, certainly. And I have a few of them in my top 10. Ooh. So, uh we're going to talk about that, but um, yeah, uh, just very, very, very quickly, a couple honorable mentions, Briscoe's FTR2, um, which is a fantastic match, and I just couldn't put it on the list because there were the other two Briscoe's FTR matches, spoiler, are on the list, and I just, uh, I need some variety in here, uh, but it probably should be on the list. Um, Takeshita versus Claudio, Battle of the Belts, um, oh, just, a, just a nice one. Um, and Aussie Open uh, versus Death Triangle uh, for Dynamite in August, uh, which was a which was a real fun one as well. Um, yeah, I forgot about that too. So number twenty, I have Claudio and Zack Saber Jr. at Forbidden Door. Not the greatest match by any means, but Claudio's debut and um, really just like a, I thought it was a well told story, and Claudio looked like a beast coming out yeah. of it. Um, uh, number nineteen, I have Roman and Drew at Clash of the Castle. Um, I loved this match, but the finish ruined it. Um, like yep. if, if this match had McIntyre going over, it might be a top five match. Um, but honestly, like it really just put a damper on that match for me. So drop down to nineteen. Um, eighteen is CM Punk and MJF in the dog collar match. Um, I, I I really enjoyed that match. Um, and, and obviously just just good and violent. Um, but anyway. Uh, first, you got that AFI song too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, seventeen. I have Death Triangle and Elite uh, at the full the full gear match. Um, I, I really that was another one where I was like, "There's not going to be a better match in this <laughs> series," and they just kept one upping themselves. Uh, number sixteen. I have Roman and, Mal- and Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Oh um, damn! Yeah, that uh, that that frog splash where he's uh, taking the selfie is just 
I mean, and he hit it perfectly, like everything about it. Yeah, that was awesome. That was such a cool shot when he was in the air, and you see it perfectly. Like, it's so yeah. cool. Um, I have Sammy and Cody in the ladder match uh, from January. It's wild to think that that happened in the last year mm -hmm. uh, with everything else that has happened. Um, I have Roman and Brock in their uh, last minute standing match at SummerSlam. I, as many people, Roman and Brock out uh, at this point <laughs> and was by then and thought they did enough to like make that a really solid match. Um, I, I thought yep. it was really great. Um, I, number 13, I have Tony Storm and Jamie Hader at All Out. Uh, this one probably could have been higher, um, but I just, uh, I don't know, just where it ended up. Uh, but but a great, yeah. great match. And probably the best match of all out. I, I feel you there because it was just like, I have that so low on my list. And I was like, man, there's so many good, so much good wrestling happened yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, I have Hangman and uh, Danielson from January 5th. Um, uh, next there, uh, that was the almost uh, second time limit draw, but just a bloody, bloody battle. Mm -hmm. Um, and number 11, I have, and again, another, another one that probably could have gone higher, um, and maybe time has, has pushed it down, but I have Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy at Forbidden Door at number 11, just outside the top 10. Nice, nice. That might be in my top 10. Spoiler alert, <laughs> All right. All right, there we go. We rounded out 20 through 11 did it in a timely fashion. This is the quickest and most smooth podcast that we've ever done. I just jinxed it, and it's going to just slow down from here. <laughs> so if we're going to jump into the first five of our top 10 moments now of 2022. Uh, for me at number 10, I have the return of Bray Wyatt. Uh, this would be a little higher for me if they didn't totally botch the fuck out of everything else he's done since returning. Um, I mean, there's we just... have to take that into consideration. We have to. Yeah, there's no buzz around it anymore. It's completely gone. Like, yeah. it's it sucks. It really does suck. Yeah. It's like, has he even wrestled a match yet? He wrestled that live match uh, on the MSG House Show. That's right. With gender, and that was it. Yeah, he. Uh, I also I love LA Knight. And I think he can be a star. It's the wrong first step for yeah. Bray Wyatt. Like, I agree. It was just the wrong start, and I, I think everything because of that is. It was just it, weird and random. It was just kind of like, hey, we don't know what to do with LA Knight, so let's just put him in the story. That's just being dragged out. Like it's just like, oh my god, just do the fucking match and get it over with. Like, yep. holy shit, we know LA Knight's not going to win. Like, just get it over with. Right. Um, at number nine, I have Soraya debuting for AEW. At number eight, I have Chris Jericho turning on Santana and Ortiz on the Dynamite after Revolution because I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Like, that no. shocked me when it happened. Um, yeah. And the crowd, if you go back and watch that crowd's reaction, just the people's faces in the crowd, it's fucking hilarious. Especially when Hager comes out, then Hager fucking joins with Jericho too. It's mm -hmm. Just a good turn. That's a really good turn. Uh, number seven, I have Moxley beating CM Punk in under two minutes on Dynamite for the AEW World Championship. Um, another moment that was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, looking back on it, love it. It's just good. It's just good storytelling. It's like an MMA finish yeah. where it's like you're expecting this big thing. But what I really appreciate. The only thing I wish AEW would have done differently is put it at the end 
the show. But I guess yeah. with that much time left, I guess like it would have been pretty obvious that match would have been very quick. So I guess you couldn't have done it. Yeah. And at yeah, number I think six, the only way, and I think we talked about it. Sorry, I think we talked about what it happened, and it was like maybe you put it on at uh, I don't know nine uh, or eight thirty, right? Right. Um, and then you have one of those extra matches after as like the true main event if you really need something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that goes, oh, this is, we're going to get 30 minutes here. Yeah, that, that was the only gripe I had about it, but I mean, well executed, very well executed. Yeah. And the round off my top or 10 through 6 for top 10 moments of 2022, I got MJF returning at All Out. Uh, being there in person was one thing because you're just like, I think that's MJF. But like you didn't know for sure, but the Rolling Stones song, the sympathy for the no sympathy for the devil playing, it was literally at the time, it was literally like we're in a movie. We're literally on a movie set and we're watching a movie play out in front of us. It was so well done. And watching it back, it was again, it was just like you're watching a movie and to be a part of that, it was just for me, it was insane and it was cool and as somebody said there was two types of fans there that night that knew that that was mjf you could tell that was mjf by the way he walks and for other people you tell it was mjf by his ass (laughs) (laughs) perfect yeah absolutely all right what's your uh 10 through 6 for top 10 moments of 2022 well, you know, I have to continue to break the rules. I added a couple of honorable mentions here as well. Um, the elite returning to um, carry on my wayward son. Um, when that first hit, it was like, oh my god! And like just the everything about the presentation was perfect. Yep. Um, I have uh, another honorable mention with Wheeler Yuta uh, initiation into the Blackfoot Combat Club. Um, really, kind of the whole thing, but definitely that that very. Uh, that very last piece before he uh, before he became a full member and he just gets just keeps getting his ass kicked and um, you can see the fire and he just comes back and uh, it, it it just sticks with me like it was just so well done um, and then uh, my last honorable mention is uh, Wee Man uh, Bobby Stone and Sami Zayn which was bigger yes. than I was standing up with um, not not Party Boy uh, <laughs> Party Boy was great too. <laughs> um, I have number 10, the acclaimed finally winning the titles. Um, I think this would be higher if it had happened at all out. Um, yep. If it happened at all out, that place just completely comes unglued. Um, it's not that they that, that it didn't happen, um, that they, you know, and they, they righted the ship very quickly, as we know, but um, it, it would have mattered just a little bit more right. had it happened earlier. Um, number nine is MJF's return. Um, number eight, I have Tony Khan buying Green of Honor. Um, and oh, in a normal year, that's probably top three. <laughs> but uh, this is not a normal year. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, that's what I have at number eight. Number seven, I have Sasha and Naomi walking out. Um, the things that have happened from that, um, like at the time, it felt like, oh, they'll, they'll figure it out. And they haven't, clearly. Um, and there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since. And um including like the revival of the tag team titles and um they're still not where they were sasha and amy had them but i think you know there's positive positive movement right um and number six uh again probably would have been higher in in another year but um is cody Rhodes' return at wrestling um just a 
just a fantastic, um, again, well-produced, well-done, not a big secret, but uh, I think there was still some, like, is this actually happening uh, right. type of, of vibes happening, and when it did, it was perfect. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, one of those moments on there might be a little higher on my uh, top 10, so we'll see about that in a little bit. Um, but let's get into the top 10 matches of 2022, and I will start at number 10. At number 10, from Forbidden Door, I have Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay. I mean, what a match that was. I don't think, was anybody really expecting, I mean, people were expecting that match to be good, but not that good. And it really showed the talent that Orange Cassidy has and how he can go with literally anybody. He puts on a great match against anybody. Even last night on Rampage or Battle of the Belts, his match against Kip was fucking awesome. And like how David said in our chat, it got me a couple times where I'm like, Kip's winning. Kip's totally winning. Yep. And, um, but Orange Cassidy, Will Ospreay, that match is just fucking awesome. And it gets the crowd, I mean, just behind Orange Cassidy. And I don't want to say a meaningless match because there was a story behind it, but there wasn't a title in line or anything, but the crowd was into it like there was a title on the line. Yep. And it's just that that match in, to me was just pure, great professional wrestling, in my opinion. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I think it was uh it was a ride from start to finish. And I think it, it's like made better by some of the, some of the other things, meaning like Osprey, we know just fought Omega in an amazing match at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, we know that that match could have happened at Forbidden Door really pretty oh, yeah. Um, and probably is going to happen this year at Forbidden Door. Right. Um, and so I think that like to think about, yeah, six months ago, he was battling Orange Cassidy who, is just uh, we say it all the time. You and I are are, are, are big Orange Cassidy fans, and mm-hmm. we say it all the time that people that people that don't get him don't actually watch. Um, they don't. They're they're people that don't watch the matches that don't watch him. Um, and he is watching him. So I got to see him against Trent on Rampage, and that match also blew my expectations out of the water. I thought it was going to be a good match because I think both of them are great. But that was probably my second favorite match of the night, uh, you know, yeah. of, of both recordings. Like, it was really, really good. And this match at Forbidden Door, it showed everything that he can do. Um, and it just shows that, he, honestly, he probably still, even with his current presentation, could be AEW World Champion. But you give him a little bit more of a serious edge, this guy's got all the tools, man. He's yeah, he's good. And, and Osprey, like, honestly, Osprey this year is on a career re- re- like renaissance. He has, I think, done a lot to make good over some of the things that people have said about him in the past. Yep. And I think he's, uh, I, I think this was the start of that. Yep. Yeah. When I was drunk last night and not drunk, when I was high last night, making my 20, top 20 wrestlers of 2022, I had met number 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he, you're absolutely right though. He has had a career run, like just totally turned his career around and he has a, it's like him and Jay white. You hear those names a lot. You, I feel like you've heard, those two names way more than you heard Okada's name from New Japan this past year, which is crazy to think about. So you always hear about Okada. You always hear about uh, Naito or Tanahashi or anybody over there. Um, But you heard those two names, I think, more than anybody from New Japan this past year, without a doubt. 
I think uh, also just 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 a quick quick note. Um, mm -hmm. I think people probably thinking that Orange Cassidy was going to be on Forbidden Door probably thought he was going to get like Soriano or something like that. And mm -hmm. like the fact that he got Osprey, I mean, it just shows the faith that Tony had in him in the beginning. Yep, yep. Well, you know the original plan for Osprey, right? Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be Andrade, but because of the contract with AAA, they oh, couldn't right. do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is so so stupid. Well, what's your number 10? My number 10 is Moxley and Brian Danielson at Revolution. And we have uh, our old buddy Bill Regal coming out. Um, and uh, that match was just pure violence. And I, I realized something about myself making this list, that violence seems to be the theme <laughs> of the top 10, uh, at least for most of it. I didn't realize how much violence I actually liked, but uh, here we are. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I might as well be Quentin Tarantino, the amount of violence I put in this top 10. But, all GCW um, matches, that's all it is. It's all GCW, <laughs> yeah, all death matches you know, from here on out. Um, so, uh, there, you know, there was a piece in there, and I wrote it down, that when uh, Danielson had Mox in the triangle choke, and Mox is like pulling at his beard and just like mm -hmm. gouging his eyes. And then Davis just beats the shit out of him just to hold it in longer. I mean, this is this is the type of match that this was. It was um, exactly what it needed to be. Mm -hmm. Started the Blackpool Combat Club and really ran, I mean, that started the threat of the year, which became MJF finally beating uh, Moss. Um, yeah. And that was really kind of the beginning of that. Now that we know that was not the original plan necessarily, but it uh, it worked out that way. Yeah, definitely. It definitely did. Um... I, it's so weird to think that I like the Blackpool Combat Club better without William Regal. That's weird. It's strange. Did not think I would ever think that, but I just think they needed a breath of fresh air in that group, or they needed to like kind of go their separate ways because it just got stale, in my opinion. It did. It did. And this, yeah, and like now it's like they're like they just look all of them just look motivated to like really make this work, and. We'll see where it goes from here, but Danielson and Moxley teaming last night on Rampage was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, at number nine for me, I got a Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter from Dynamite uh, a couple weeks ago for the AEW Women's World title. Uh, this is one of the best women's matches I think AEW has put on. It might be my number one women's match I think I've ever seen in AEW. I said that about Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter when it happened at full gear, but then this match happened, and I was like, oh, never mind. I think that's the best match I've ever seen. And I remember Katie was like falling asleep on the couch. I'm like, Katie, there's like five more minutes left. Why don't you just stay awake and watch it? She's like, oh, fine. And then when she did, she was like, glad you made me stay awake. That was fucking awesome. Jamie Hayter is cool as shit. I'm like, goddamn right she is. And I ordered a Jamie Hayter t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees a couple weeks ago. It still has not come in yet. Come on. I want my shirt. We're doing Pro Wrestling Tees. <laughs> uh, I'm going to blame Southwest for that, too. What'd you say? I said I'm going to blame Southwest Airlines for that as well. Yeah, pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a match I, I forgot. I wish I hadn't forgotten that match because that was a, a really great match. And I, I think it was Sheeta's best match for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that Jamie's just come a long way in the last year for sure, but certainly in the last few years. Um, I think it's a hell of a pick there. My number nine is also a women's match. Um, it's uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch from WrestleMania. Um, it this might match be a little was, higher. It might be a little higher. Really, okay, well, well, we'll wait to talk about it. 
and this match was a, was a really solid one. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it uh, a little bit higher. Um, I feel like my number eight might be a little higher on yours too, because I don't think you've mentioned it yet, unless if it's not on your list at all, maybe. But number eight, I have Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. Mine is higher, yes. <laughs> okay, we'll wait, we'll wait. What's your number eight? <laughs> my eight is acclaimed and spilled in our glory at Fallout. Oh, we're going to wait on that one. We're going to wait on that one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, I love that this speeds up our list. See, I didn't jinx yes. it. I knew what I was doing. No, we're good. <laughs> At number seven, which I think you already mentioned, uh, was Brian Danielson versus Adam Hangman, pa- Hangman Adam Page from Dynamite. Uh, like you said earlier, it was just violence. It was bloody. You thought I was going to go to the time limit draw again, and it doesn't. But, I mean, holy fuck did they beat the shit out of each other in that match. And it was another match where you thought Hangman was going to drop the title, and he didn't. And I think AEW did a great job of building Hangman through that title run. Um, I think Hangman's title run was really good. I know a lot of people, like, they kind of shat on it at the beginning. But it's like once he started that feud with Lance Archer and then, then on, I thought he was pretty fucking good as champion from there on out. Like yeah. I thought you did a I mean, really good job. Going to be as good as the chase, it couldn't be. The right. chase was years long. Like yeah. you, you can't replicate that. But the, the reign was good. I mean, we talked about it uh, in our best matches last year. Like the the, mm-hmm. the last couple matches of of twenty twenty one for Hangman were, were really good. Yeah, I mean, including the time limit draw with with Danielson. So yeah. yeah, this match just another brutal, bloody reminds you of those Terry Funk, Ric Flair. Uh, type of matches from uh, you know from '89. It was really, really well done. Yep, yep. All right. What is your number seven? My number seven. You have already mentioned, and you might be surprised that it's this high. It's Sami Zayn and Johnny Maxwell from Yes. Yes. This match. I think I said it when it happened. Look, you want you want pure pro wrestling. This wasn't it. You want pure sports entertainment. This was the mecca of sports yep. entertainment. Like, yep. This and and Sami Zayn cemented himself as the best sports entertainer in the entire world in this match. This man made Johnny Knoxville look like he was Lou Fez. Uh, but with <laughs> <weapons>. <laughs> I, I mean, this guy, this match that they set up, and and it helps that Knoxville we know is is just game for anything, and it's like. It, you know, he wants to put his body in as much harm as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but what an what a fun match. It got the crowd like super into everything. Yeah, like, it did. It wild. Um, and yeah. this was this is pre-Usi Sami Zayn. We are talking Sami Zayn, who, you know, was was not there yet. And right. he, this, again, similar to Osprey, this is the launch of his renaissance. And he just showed how good he is at every little thing and he didn't hold back he beat the shit out of knoxville um mm-hmm. we talked about uh we talked about party boy we talked about we man giving him the old body slam um we had bowling balls we had tables we had the fucking uh, hand I mean, they even brought the, the hand out hand. <laughs> I forgot about the hand. <laughs> <laughs> they had everything man it was it was one of the most fun matches that uh, of the year for sure and probably of all time like it, it's just Fun, pure fun. It it really is. That's like a match where you can show non wrestling fans and they would love it because it just mixes jackass so perfectly into that match. And who would have thought that Johnny Knoxville would be the one to get like Sami Zayn noticed? I mean, it got 
it got Sami Zayn so much praise after that. Like people yeah. re-felt like people loved him, but WWE was was not using him correctly in the last like five years. I mean, four yeah. years. Yeah. And it kind of made people, including myself, forget how good Sami Zayn really is. And this yeah. just this match and the feud in general made people fall in love with Sami Zayn all over again. Like it were like, oh yeah, this is why we love Sami Zayn. And then the bloodline feud after that or the story after that i mean it's Sami Zayn. how can you not push him as the guy that beats roman at this point it has to be um but real quick since you brought Sami Zayn, i rewatched the el generico kevin steen match from ring of honor i think it was their i think it was their last match it's the if kevin owens loses he would have to leave ring of honor that match, if you want to talk about violence, that match yes. is fucking outrageous. Like, I made Katie watch. She's like, I don't like this. I'm like, you're going to watch it, and you're going to like it, and you're going <laughs> to learn about El Generico. She's like, who's El Generico? And I'm like, you can't tell by the way he moves around. She's like, oh, it's Sami Zayn. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, good. It is wild to, like, to go back and watch Generico matches, uh, particularly, like, the, the hardcore matches. I mean, his stuff, it, and, you know, his, his comedy stuff is great, too. I mean, this man does not care about his body. <laughs> this mm-hmm. man puts his body on the line every single time. Um, he, and you forget, like, just how he's so versatile. Um, and he is somehow more charismatic than Nick Foley. Um, yeah. But, but it is the comparison that I can think of. We talked about Kingston being Nick Foley. I think Sami Zayn's right up there, too. And yet he still has some, somehow has, like, more star power. It's really wild. Yeah, it is. It's insane. If if I can make a prediction for next year, I'm going to say if, well, if Vince stays away from creative, I think Sami Zayn might be a world champion by the end of next year. I think that's totally if not, fair. Enough. If yeah. not by Mania. Because, you know, the crowd, the crowd's going to hijack it. Like, WWE yeah. pigeonholed themselves again, like how they did with Danielson. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's going to happen. Uh, my turn, right? Yep, number six, I think. Yep, cool. Uh, number six from WrestleMania night one, the main event Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. You got it on your list? I don't. Wow. Um, and it, it's partially because it ties into one of my moments. That's right. Um, and it's partially because um of wwe's refusal to acknowledge it as a match they're, they're not, oh yeah okay i, I agree time. yep which is so <laughs> stupid they would have gotten so many more views people would i would never i would not have left my house that night like because i didn't think he was actually going to wrestle and then yeah. when i got i'm literally at a roller rink skating around yeah. and i'm looking at my phone and people are like austin's wrestling austin's wrestling and i'm like what the fuck and i'm missing it yeah. so i stayed up till fucking peacock doesn't put it back up until like 3 a.m so I stayed up till 3 a.m. just to watch that match. But yeah, fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin just coming back. I mean, I never would have thought I would see it. Uh, possibly going to wrestle another match this year at WrestleMania. Um, the Texas Rattlesnake, if we can get like one more like run out of Austin, just like one year long and just sporadically yeah. come back, I would be I all for Goldberg that. Run. Yeah. Maybe Seriously. Be there every week, but yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking all about it, but I mean, man, that was just like 
watching that WrestleMania, something about that WrestleMania this past year, it was one of the best WrestleManias of the last like 10, 15 years. It's up there, probably top three WrestleManias of all time. Something about that night one, though, was just like, it was cliche to say, but it was like a magical fucking night for wrestling. Like, it yeah. was just a great show. Um, if I, I, would... I thought they did it really well with the night one and night two. I thought they, like, managed what should have been on each night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, very well. Mm-hmm. And then you had Vince taking the worst stunner ever the next night. Uh, indicative <laughs> of things to come. Um, you know, I, I, the match the match is fun. The match is good. It's it's a brawl. Um, you know, Austin should have taken the shirt off. Loses a little points for that too, but that's <laughs> okay. It's fine. Um, but it was a great match. And, and Kevin Owens, man, like just just being able to get that. I again, I wish they would have given him the moment of you're getting this match. Yep. And it is a match, and it's not the KO show in the in the main event slot. Like, no, it's a match. I wish they would have called it that because I think again, it makes not only does it make my list, it probably makes it, it makes Austin's return more important. And, um, but that, that, I don't want to take anything away from the match itself because the match was really well done. Um, and people were on the edge of their seats to, to, to see yeah. what was and, yeah. and to just see Austin again. I mean, I can't even imagine. Right. It's just fucking great. It was, yeah, almost, almost maybe brought a tear to my eye just to see Austin back I mean, wrestling. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, number my number six you mentioned uh, already as well, which is uh, Gunther Walter uh, versus Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. Gunther Walter. Yeah, just, uh, just big meaty men uh, bumping meat, <laughs> slapping meat, uh, meat all around, um, and meat just hanging off their chest. My goodness, the chops and the and the and and just the punches and just the brutality of this match. This was, uh, I mean, just an all-out brawl. And I uh, I really enjoyed it. It's like Clash was was good up until then. Like it wasn't a bad show. It was only like five matches. Mm. It was good until then. And this, and if it just stuck the landing, it might have been the best show of the year. Yeah. Um, but this match really, really like launched it. Um, one of the few matches that got a five uh, from from our old friend Meltzer as well. It was just brutality, and and it was it was uh, a perfectly executed match. That's all I can yeah. say about it. I agree. I 100% agree with that. I mean, it was just pure brutality and just the chops in that match. My God, the both their chests, how fucking red they are. Cannot imagine taking a chop from Walter, but just the fucking, even the, what is the whatever the fuck they call it now, but the move from Seamus where he's just beating the oh, shit. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah the 10 brings yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> make it simple. <laughs> I like to call it rope punchy thing. Um, rope, so punchy thing. rope punchy thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to tell you, um, just as a side note on that, I was um, watching the, the Bills Bengals game Monday night when mm-hmm. Jamar Hamlin goes down. And the, it, it, one of the first things I saw was Jerry Lawler saying, Hey, I think it might be cardiac arrest because this happened to me right um and he's he's like it really feels that way he ended up being right so what it made me think of is oh my god if i got in the ring with walter i would probably experience the same thing from one yeah yeah like it's wild it is wild especially from that hit too though i'm gonna get it way off topic but it's just that hit didn't look 
didn't look that bad. It looked like a routine football bad. tackle. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if it was just like the cage of the mask just going in at the right point, like the right yeah. angle. Like it's just a freak accident. Like yeah. you can say, but what a guy to wake up and say who won the game. I'm like, I love that. That's a, that's a know, fucking right? That's <laughs> a dude's <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's a football guy right uh, there. Um, Before we get into the top five matches of 2022, let's r- quickly run down the top. Our, the rest of our top 10 moments of 2022 at number five for me, like you said, Stone Cold Wrestling, just Stone Cold being back. Have it on both matches and moments. I mean, it's just just a moment I won't forget. The fact that that's number five and not number one just blows my mind. Um, and shit, we forgot that it happened. That the summer of 2022 <laughs> was just nothing but pure chaos. Like, yeah, it was insane. Uh, at number four, Oh, scissor me. Daddy is born. The acclaimed have reached like mega star status all out that crowd at all out. I mean, just losing their shit for the acclaimed. We'll get into that maybe here very shortly. Uh, when we talk about the matches at number three, I have MJF's greatest trick that he pulled on CM Punk when he had him hanging on the ropes and he's like, Oh, you dumb piece of shit. Like, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making you think he didn't exist. And it was just punk just bloodied. I mean, that is peak storytelling. In my opinion, that is phenomenal. How you can bring it all the way back to ring of honor and bring it forward. And now it's something that MJF uses as his own. I, it's great. Um, number two for me is Cody Rhodes returning to WWE. Just another thing. I just didn't think that I would see happen this past year. I mean, yeah. A guy that literally has been ripping on WWE for the last several years just goes to show you what a worker he is. If not a modern day Jeff Jarrett, in my opinion, um, just always working, working, working. And I fucking hate that AEW is making me like Jeff Jarrett. I fucking hate Jeff Jarrett <laughs> and they're making me like him. He is so entertaining right now. He's such an asshole. Like yeah. I hate it. And that I hate his theme song, but Fuck when they mixed it with Jay Lethal's. It fucking goes, man. That song is awesome. It's like- I got to see Jared Lethal at uh, at the the Dark Elevation taping, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not going to be into Jeff Jarrett coming out wrestling. And then I was like, son of a bitch, I'm in. Like, this Dude, is so yeah. like it's so entertaining, man. He, can, He's he so gets good. he gets the heat so good. Like last night at Battle of the Belts, like right when it's my world, like hits. And he comes out with the guitar, and that crowd is already just like, fuck you. I mean, it is mm-hmm. awesome. Katie is such an evil person that she loves when <laughs> wrestling fans get sad and upset. So Jeff Jarrett is her new favorite wrestler right now. And I hate it. <laughs> it's a fucking slap. I'm just calling her slap nuts. Yeah, that's fair. Totally. And uh, my number one moment of 2022, MJF's pipe bomb. I mean, it's just... Chef's kiss is perfect. Yeah. You fucking mark. Yep. Um, yeah. My number. My number five uh, is the pipe bomb, actually. So that that that's a good, really well. Um, <laughs> I just just extremely well done. Again, uh, maybe in a year that didn't have some some uh, real world newsworthy things, it may have been a little higher for me. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just chef's kiss. I thought he was. He was out for the, the right amount of time, almost a little long, mm-hmm. but it's only it's only almost a little long because of the other things that were happening right. both on the show and backstage. <clears throat> but they 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 handled it well, I thought. Um number four is just like 
uh, it, it's, it's the dumbest thing, I'm going to just say. But Sammy and James are hugging at the end of four games um, is number four for me. Because just the just the build up, the 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 weeks and months of, of Sammy Zayn just doing everything mm-hmm. he could and just trying and all he wants is Jay's approval. Dude, the pop they got insane. was insane. The, the pop was insane. Um, it was just it's just a nice feel good moment for Sammy because it's all downhill <laughs> from here. Uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Hopefully we can get a WrestleMania win, but uh, <laughs> it's all downhill in terms of his relationship. Love that. Um, number three is Austin returning for me. Um, just uh, insane that it actually happened. Um, right. We've been asking for years and years and years, and, and we see these other people come back, and it was like Austin's never going to be that one, and he finally, finally did it. Yeah. Um, and didn't do it at in Saudi Arabia. He did it at WrestleMania, and it was thank God. Um, number number two's brawl out. Um, <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> Look, the, the 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 media scrum, the uh, ace, uh, the abiding people, Larry maybe getting hurt, uh, the uh, doors flying, people crying, uh, black eyes being handed out. It, look, it, and and CM Punk ultimately leaving, and uh, you know I, I have more hope now than I have in a while that Punk might be able to mend some fences. Um, mm. Though uh, I think Jericho's going to be the toughest sell, frankly. Um, but I. Uh, it, it changed the landscape of AEW um, for better and worse. I think there was yep. a little of both, um, and it, it 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 was a shame that the elite I think had to feel as much, if not you know, uh, slightly less punishment um, right. from from the incident. But I thought it set up their return well, and I thought they've been handled really well since. And uh, it was... so all's well that ends well, but it yeah. was a nightmare. It, it was wild. I mean, go, leaving the arena, I was on a high. I was like, that was a great all out. It wasn't better than the last year's. I mean, in yeah. 2021, I mean, it's hard to top the ending of 2021's all out. But when I was leaving the the now arena, got back to my hotel room and Katie and I are literally sitting in the room, rolling up a J and all of a sudden I'm just looking at my phone and I'm watching the press conference. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Like I think Punk's losing his mind, and then he then he started calling out Colt, and my jaw dropped. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then, not yeah. to mention that shit was so crazy. Fucking Tony Storm called out Thunder Rosa in the same press conference. Right. Yes. Right. Um, you have the Jericho telling Tony what's happening when he leaves his. Yeah. Like, it's like shit's gone it, down. It shit's gone down. <laughs> wild thing, and the and you know the the most over. Uh, part of it is obviously the muffin. I mean, let's let's uh, give credit where credit's due. The muffin it looks great, clearly tasted great. Um, but it, you, we should all, all promos should have a muffin involved. I think I, 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 agree. I just <laughs> was it. Uh... I still every day when my wife asks me how work is, I say I'm old, I'm tired, I work with fucking children. So <laughs> <Said> that yesterday, <laughs> given me that at least. <laughs> I love that at Full Gear, Jungle Boy asked for a muffin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my number one is Vince McMahon leaving, uh, which uh, holds a little less water today, um, but it was uh, never something I thought would happen under any circumstance. I thought you could throw anything at this man and he would never step away. And he did for five months, but 
uh, as we know, that didn't last, but it was a, it's a big deal. Um, yeah. and it was a big deal and it is obviously still having ripples into both the product and the real life scenarios that are playing out right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I like that our moments were like different and like how you had the yeah. realism side of it, which I really like it. We covered all areas there. We did. Yeah. I'm going to give ourselves a pat on the back on that one. We did a good job. All right. Great tag team work here. Hell yeah. Scissor me. All right. Back to the top five matches of 2022. Uh, number five. It's my last WWE match on my list. I have Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania night one. Um, outstanding, outstanding, outstanding match. I remember watching that live and just it was right before who we went to the roller arena and um, fuck it. I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, this match is fucking awesome. Like Katie and then her friend sat down and they were both just like, this match is awesome. I'm like, yeah, they're beating the shit out of each other. And it's just a great match. Bianca getting that win. Um, it kind of makes, if that was the plan, which I'm not, I don't know. I doubt it was for, at SummerSlam when they Becky beat her in like a minute. If that was the plan from the start, good job on WWE. If it wasn't, whatever but like they just did do it if it wasn't yeah but it exactly. worked out phenomenal match yeah. phenomenal yeah i completely agree with you um I, I as i mentioned i had it at number nine um but it just bianca belair is something else and it, it, she's so good that they don't know how to work with her they do right. not know how to push her they do not have, know how to make her the star that she is and i'm just like do the give, give her the roman treatment man just get out of the way if you get out of the way, like she is, like she is what she says she is, and just let her be that. And I think they're trying too hard to be like she's like Cena, and I think they're they're really trying too hard on that. And and but this was a forgetting all of that and how they handled it in the month since this was like a crowning moment, and it was really really well done. Yep, I agree. All right, what is your number five? My number five is uh, the trios match six uh, between the elite and death triangle, the one I saw live. And, and I, I, yes, both recency bias, both being in the arena bias, but oh my goodness, what a match. Um, yep. Just pure brutality, man. Um, yep. And it, it was something that, like, the only, only bummer was that I didn't get to see the entrance live oh shit i didn't even think about that like all of us like collectively realizing that when it started backstage it was just like oh man (laughs) (laughs) but everything else i mean all six men just put on a clinic um the the double the 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 ending how is it gonna end is he gonna tap and then you see kenny in the background and from my vantage point, like I, it's just literally diagonal. I just see him on top. Of, like this man is jumping off of something, and then he hits the one winged angel. And literally, as three hits down, you see, uh, you see him tapping, and it's like, oh man, this was so. It was just so well executed and packed before and after the bell. Just his pure frustration. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it made it on TV. But he was just like he just played his part so well. But everybody, um, the the Northern Lights double suplex on the freaking uh, uh, on the ramp, the oh, the suplex all the way down, uh, 
the, dude, the, Nick the Jackson smokes Penta. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Yeah, um, yeah it was like the feature really was wild. Yeah, that match. That was my. That's my number four. So, um, right. right into it. it was, I got carried away, but <laughs> no, you're good. It's perfect. Uh, goes right into it. Uh, match six. The fucking what makes this so good is that Tony Khan got the rights to Roundhouse Rock by uh, John Tesh. Uh, I mean, they need. I really hope they don't stop using it as like a build, like as a like a match rundown. They need to use that on every dynamite, in my opinion. Like. It just I don't, something about it adds to the build of the show and how they keep using it for this is fucking great. And I hope that I hope they do more best of sevens. This is fun. This, the AW has made it really fun and they made it feel like a playoff game. They made it feel yeah. like you're watching playoffs like happen. And I, I don't want it to be over. These matches have been awesome. There's not there has not been one bad match yet. And um, but match six. Yeah, that's that match was absolutely insane. Um, just huge moment after huge moment. So that was my number four. Your number five. What is your number three? We're in the top th- or no number four? My bad. Number four. That's okay. Uh, this is my highest WWE match, and it's one we talked about or, or we're going. We said we we're going to save. This is Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell. Um, again, everything left on this list is pure brutality and the <laughs> moment that this man takes off his robe and you just see his entire chest and upper bicep is oh just God. purple. That slow you reveal. You start to go, is this makeup? Because it's yeah. so gross. It's mm-hmm. so bad. And then they proceed to beat the shit out of each other. Yep. And Cody does not, or Seth does not hold back on Cody. <laughs> targets the peck the entire match. And and Cody pulls it out in, in just a, a, a brutal win. And and I was not set on like a three-match series to start Cody Rhodes coming back with Seth Rollins, and they proved me wrong. And that was the, a, a fantastic battle. Right. It, it was it was insane. They beat the show. Each other. That slow reveal for the bruise on his arm is disgusting. Um, I just hope that when Cody comes back, they're not going to do another match. Like, put Cody somewhere else. Just put, and it seems like that's what they're going to do. And it's like we don't, we don't need either of them in that spot right now. Like, literally, push them away from each other because they're both so good. Fucking, I cannot wait for Manny to get here so Roman can drop one of those fucking titles so we can get it on Raw. Raw severely needs a world title on that show so bad. I can't. Even, Raw is unwatchable right now, in my opinion. It is. It it's. Is. Just so bad again. I, I don't get it. But yeah, that match, fantastic match. Meltzer, that's like Meltzer's favorite match of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, it, I just well done. Like, and they took advantage in a way that clearly wasn't like, I mean, this guy knows he's going away, knows he's getting surgery, but they didn't, it's not like they, uh, you know, killed him in the ring either. Like, they, they, they handled it really well. And right. I, I, just kudos to that. And kudos to, to Cody. He's a fucking lunatic. Uh, he is. But, but uh yeah, he's he he yeah, he's a wild man. I'm, I'm excited for him to come back though. It's, it's me fine. too. Uh top three, here we go at number three for me, which I might I have a feeling I have a feeling we're gonna have to wait to talk about this one. Number three for me is FTR versus the Briscoes three final battle. We do need to wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> what is your number three? 
Mine is FTR versus the Bristol Supercard of Honor. Oh, that's your number three also? Oh, that, well, the, that... the, the first the first one. Oh, the first one. The first one. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Floor yeah. is yours. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so the first match uh, in the Briscoes uh, in FTR trilogy, this is a match you and I were texting about right after. This is mm -hmm. a match where it was like, I think we both expected it to be good. And we didn't expect it to be a top three match of the year. And it, at that time, was the best match, I think, of the year. Um, oh, yeah. At least it was right there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and just the, the, the violence of the match, but the storytelling, the, the Dax really coming into his own. But I also want to say, we give, we give Dax a lot, a lot, a lot of credit. And not just us, wrestling media in general gives Dax a lot of credit for this year, and it's well, well deserved. Mm -hmm. But let me just say that in these matches, in these three matches, Wheeler has done things that you go, oh shit, he is just as good. Yeah. And he, the, he basically takes three matches, you know, whatever this time ends up, like an hour and a half of total of brutality uh, between these three matches that they have. And Wheeler just spends that entire time beating the shit out of Mark Briscoe. <laughs> right. Like, that is basically his whole strategy <laughs> is just to beat the shit out of Mark Briscoe <laughs> and put him in dangerous positions every single time. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I just, um, sorry, I wrote a couple of things down from the, from the first match, um, but it was, it was just something I, I, I'd watched matches of both of them, of course, but that one, it, I don't know, it just felt, it just felt different. It just yep. felt different and it felt like, okay, ROH is here and yeah. we're, we're ready to go. Um, yeah, it was a phenomenal match. Fantastic. Which I just re-signed up for honor club because it seems like that they're going to start airing ring of honor on honor club and it makes me wonder are they they're going to have to tape ring of honor before one either dynamite or rampage they have to i would think so i, I right. think i would think before the rampage right but, right know, it, 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 it makes, makes the most sense yeah um but yeah that fucking those that matches trilogy that trilogy of matches is just insane um I'm going to quickly do this real quick. I have honorable mentions as well. I forgot until I just scrolled down. <laughs> but um, my honorable mentions for the year were Ricky Starks, MJF winners coming, FTR versus the Acclaimed on Dynamite, FTR and the Briscoes 1 and 2, uh, Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, Dax Harwood versus Will Ospreay at Road Rager, the Elite versus Aussie Open and Dynamite, and Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia on Dynamite, where Garcia finally wins the Pure Championship. All right, and now my number two match of 2022. Going back to, I think this was in February, even January on Dynamite, MJF versus CM Punk. It was an like it was like an hour long because they the match ended and they restarted it. That to me, in my opinion, is one of the best matches of story. If I'm talking, if I'm teaching a class on storytelling and professional wrestling. That's the first match I'm bringing up. In my opinion, that is one of the greatest matches that featured storytelling since Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes at Double or Nothing in 2019. I mean, they just go, CM Punk was like, this is the CM Punk we remember. Like, this is the CM Punk we all love. But then this is also the MJF that's going to get, this is just the fucking future right here. And it's everything that we wish Rock and Hogan would have been if the crowd was silent, like during their match, yeah. like 
um, this was storytelling to a T. And yeah, that's my number two. So I, I heavily debated putting that one instead of the dog collar match. Um, and then again, my violent nature took over. Um, but but you're right. You're you sadistic right. motherfucker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're, but if you're looking for pure storytelling and start to finish, and remember, Wardlow plays a big role yeah. in, in the end of that match as well. We we maybe forget because again, the Wardlow MJF thing also happened this year. Right. Um, we didn't even touch on that, but. Um, you know, that is, uh, it really was just a, a classic in how you tell a story from Bell to Bell yep. and um, really well done. Yeah, I think it's a great, great choice that I, I probably, I probably think. <laughs> but violence uh, took over. Violence took over. Um, uh, speaking of violence taking over, number two, um, I surprised myself by having it this high, but is Anarchy in the Arena. Damn! Um, I rewatched it this week um, because I was like, is it what I, is it what I remember? And mm -hmm. I just, the, the feeling of that match and just the, the complete brutality. And of course, the, the thing that's going to stick with everybody, Eddie Kingston, bloody walking down the God, so awesome. looking like a damn GTA character. <laughs> but every part of that the wild thing playing throughout the arena, bringing us back to New Jack, um, like everything about it was just, it's the best brawl I think I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, and, it's and, nonstop. And that, yeah, it's nonstop, and everybody plays their part. Mm -hmm. There's no weak link. Um, it's you know, one of the last times we see Santana this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a, a, a beautiful uh, chaos and, and just something that I, I, I really loved. Yep, it's great. And I love when Justin Roberts like, ladies and gentlemen, shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> so great. Uh, well, I think it's pretty obvious what your number one is. I think it's pretty obvious what my number one is. And my number one is Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed at All Out. Um, I'm a little biased on this just because I was there in person and it literally, that match made me feel like a fucking little kid again. It made me, it made me remember why I love professional wrestling. It made me feel all the emotions. It is legitimately probably my number one all-time favorite match I've ever seen in person. It's Shawn Michaels' Bret Hart Iron Man match is probably always going to be my number one because without that match, I would not be a wrestling fan. But this is a close number two, I think, for my all-time favorite matches ever. Um, just the crowd in that match, being in that atmosphere. I was like... Nobody was sitting down like we were in our seats, like in the corner, we were standing up the whole time. And I was like jumping up and down like a little kid. And Katie's like <laughs> laughing at me, like smiling. She's like, I've never seen you get like this, like at a wrestling show before. Like, I want them to win so fucking bad. And I'm on the fucking show with the scissors in the fucking <laughs> sign. Um, but it's just that moment. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget being so let down when they lost. I'm just like, ah, oh. like everybody. Everybody in the building was just a collective sigh. And I felt bad for the women because the next match was the fatal four away for the women's title where Tony Storm won. That crowd is so dead during that match because it was just, I don't think anybody was expecting the crowd to be like that during that match. Like yeah. that crowd was insane during that match. Yeah. Um, it was, it, and it does not, and I, I know it does not compare, but you can watch it. You can see the change happen. Like yeah. live, you could just see like 
the atmosphere go, oh my God, we are all in this together and yep. we all want this to happen. And the reason it falls to number eight for me is because it did. And if it mm -hmm. just, if they, they made the title change there, I think you make the change. I think you make the change in the back and you say, we got to go now. Yep. And um, because they didn't, it, it, it fell outside my top three, but it's, it's still like one of the most fun experiences watching on TV. And to, to hear you talk about it, I mean, it, it, it's really truly amazing. Like the, the fact that you were able to be there for that, because it is a it's a wild scene. Um, and obviously, the acclaim super over, and and now still super over. Um, but you know, I don't want to take anything away from Swerve and Keith Lee in that match who played right. their parts to the um, mm -hmm. And Keith Lee just looks so much happier and healthier, of course. Oh yeah, he looks so much happier to be a part of AEW. And Swerve is coming into his own. Uh, Swerve is you know awesome right now. I love for Swerve. Um, I, I don't know that he needs old Parker tugging the chains, uh, Bordeaux, <laughs> but uh, and uh, giant unnamed man. Uh, but I think uh, if anyone can make it work, it's going to be Swerve. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was a man. What a what a great match. The amount of times the false finishes in that match where you think the acclaim's going to win and they don't, then you think Swerve and Our Glory is going to win and they don't. I mean, it is a roller coaster of emotions in that match, and that is like bravo to all four of them, but also bravo to Billy Gun Daddy Ass in that match. He plays his part so well right now, and he is just it's just so much fun watching those three together. They have launched themselves in the superstardom, they are. Shit, you could possibly make them the fucking face of AEW right now because it is so over. Non-wrestling fans are scissoring. People at my work scissor each other now. It's fucking hilarious. Like, we, it is a total phenomenon, and it all started at that match, like, 100%. It's so awesome, man. It really is. And, and, and well-deserved. They, they, and they earned it. They worked for it. And mm -hmm. um, it, it's really wild. To, to, to your point on Daddy Ass, um, the claim came out in between Dynamite and Rampage, and uh, Daddy Ass is uh, first of all, he looks looks fantastic. He just right. still looks fantastic. Good for him, but he's having the time of his life. Oh yeah, he, there is nothing. There's no one happier in this world than Daddy Ass when he is sitting people. Uh, so yeah, uh, just pure perfection. Love it, love it. And your number one. My number one is the double dog collar match with FTR and the Briscoes at Final Battle. So this is a, a one of the most disgusting matches that I've seen. Yeah, uh, it's brutal. And I'm not, I'm not like I didn't think anyway. This like big like death match guy and uh, you know whatnot. <laughs> but holy cow, man, this match! And again, like it has the two other matches as the backdrop. The Briscoes are in full desperation mode, which makes it so much better because they you are seeing them. They will do literally anything to win this match. And FTR, they start their descent into what they are now, and they, they've lost everything now, and I can't wait to see the story that we're telling with that. But this really starts that descent there. But, the, but the, the, the brutality in this match, there's a spot, again, going back to Wheeler doing anything he can to end Mark Briscoe's life, there's a spot in this match where he throws him kidney first into a pile of chairs from his neck right. because of the damn dog collar. And I'm just, this man is just trying to kill Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe owes this man money. Um, <laughs> he just wants to beat the shit out of him. Um, but it was just a spectacle to see. And, and 
as someone who's never been like, um, you know, I've watched ROH, I, I, I've watched the Briscoes a, a decent amount, um, but they've never been like the top tip of tops for me. But right. these three, these three matches have really made me push them up my ranks because they Same. just showed out. And this rivalry, I, I'm a little bummed that we got all of it in, in one calendar year. Because right. I, I, they, they are the epitome of fight forever, man. I, 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 I hope we get to see them again sometime soon. Um, and I'd love to see, I know there's, there's issues, whatever. I'd love to see the Bristol's on AEW. Yeah, um, I would too. We can go from there, but uh, man, what a, what a match. It was just uh, carnage. Pure it carnage. was pure carnage, pure carnage. And the fucking, the suplex off the top rope onto the chairs that basically broke Dax's ass. I mean, holy yeah. shit. That, that, and then the, the table, you think uh, somebody's going through the table and they just, jump over the table and just take yeah. one of the worst bumps I've ever seen. And it's just like, Oh my yeah. God, it's fucking, fucking wild. I mean, but what a year for wrestling it has been a phenomenal year for professional wrestling. Those are our top 20 matches of 2022. Um, just outstanding. You got, you, what time you got to get out of here? Five, 10 minutes. Uh, about five. Uh, real quick, I want to run the, down my top 20 wrestling. I'm going to speed through it. I want to see your take on it because I did this high and I looked at it this morning. I'm like, it's pretty accurate. This is like probably what I would do. Yeah. Except for I would surprise myself who I put at number five. <laughs> number at number 20, I got the Young Bucks, 19, Chris Jericho. I mean, this dude slimmed down. Got to put him on the list. Uh, he, eight, he does. Uh, number 18, Samoa Joe, 17, Orange Cassidy, 16, The Usos. 15, Wardlow, 14, Jade Cargill, 13, Sami Zayn, 12, Walter, uh, number 11, Hangman Adam Page, number 10, Will Ospreay, 9, Jay White, number 8, Roman Reigns, I have at number 8, because you got to wrestle more than five times a year, Roman. I don't care what anybody says. He's People can say whatever they want. He is not the best wrestler going right now. He's just not. He work a full year. That's that's my opinion. Um Number seven, I have Jamie Hayter. Number six, Seth Rollins. Number five, Bianca Belair, who I was like, oh, she deserves it. <laughs> yeah. uh, number four, MJF. Number three, Dax Harwood slash FTR. I mean, but it's really Dax Harwood, let's be honest. Uh, number two, The Acclaimed. The Acclaimed just took over professional wrestling this year, and they just, it, they brought back that DX, that DX style that was missing in professional wrestling that everybody loves. And at number one, the guy, in my opinion, that saved AEW this year, John fucking Moxley. I mean, it has to be John Moxley. I think we talked about it over and over. This dude is just comes in like, Jesus Christ, just caught my pen. <laughs> but <in the> mic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just felt like, you know, being like, fucking, uh, who, who did the headbutt last night? Kip Sabian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sabian, yeah. Um, but, I mean, John Moxley just comes in the clutch when you need him most in he canceled his vacation to just be like, I'll guess I'll stay and be world champion for a couple of months until I drop it to MJF. Like, yeah. Uh, this man has had uh, a year for the ages. He is Mr. AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, say what you will, homegrown versus talent from elsewhere. It doesn't matter, man. John Moxley's synonymous with AEW, and he is like, He's the flag bearer, and he is the person that they clearly turn to whenever they they need anything. 
um, you know, and his his feud with Eggman, uh, you know, that we're that we're heading into um, coming into next week. I mean, it's really like he's he's taking that and run with it. Eggman's taking it and run with it. I'm really excited to see it, um, you know, kind of come to a head there. And it, it, he just, but we know we know about Dax's 2022. Um, and here's the thing about Dax, and I love Dax, and I love FCR, and I don't think that they can have a year like they just had. I think Mox can keep having these types yep. of years. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it stopping. Um, I think the claim that number two makes perfect sense. And we saw that organic rise and we just talked about, you know, how that kind of came to be. And I think it's perfect. Um, I'm, I'm surprised myself that, you know, Bianca's so high, but, but she is, she's that good. I mean, yeah. I think she should be. It's not that she can't, sh- she doesn't show up. She shows up every single time. Um, I think they need to book her better, but I, you know, they're uh, whatever. She she is succeeding despite her booking. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because she's a megastar and yep. and she has the potential to be. Um, Seth, uh, Seth is just he's a, he's another level man. Like mm-hmm. he is, he's their MVP right now, and um, you know, he's the only. You, you mentioned Rob being unwatchable, and it's really anything that Seth Rollins isn't involved with yep. unwatchable. Um, but Seth makes you care. Um, and has somehow, through the most ridiculous, um, silly nonsense, has become like one of the top TV faces on the show again. Right. Um, he just is like, he, he, I don't know, man. He, he makes everything better. Um, I hope that we get a Sammy. I hope we get Sammy even higher next year. Um, yep. But I think I think the spot uh, about 12 is, is right for him. Um, but he, man, let's get that WrestleMania win. Um yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, it, it's a good list though. It, it, it's it's hard to find any faults in, in that list. Except uh, number one, I probably would have put Tyrus, of course. Um, but <laughs> Fox uh, News. Out of here, man! What are we doing? God, he's um, so. I bad. almost as I, as a joke, I almost did put Tyrus versus Cardona versus Murdoch <laughs> as my number one um, for the NWA title, but I decided because uh, I couldn't even hold my own face that long. But uh, next year, who do you see on the list next year? Like for me, it's like Ricky Starks is probably going to be in the top 10. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think mean, Starks makes a huge leap. I, I imagine I'm really hoping that this isn't just a January thing for uh, Danielson and he just peaks in January every year. Uh, I'm really hoping that we get a sustained like Danielson near the top. Me too. Just, you know, banger after banger. I think it's it's good that we're going to see probably Danielson wrestle every single week until February 8th. I think that's probably going to aid in that. Um, I imagine Hangman gets back up there as well in yep. the top 10. I imagine Kenny has a renaissance and, um, you know, starts putting himself back to the top of the card as well. I, I imagine that, that he starts seeing Kenny. Uh, I mean, I, I he looked invigorated after Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. Um, back as the cleaner and just... Um, uh, yeah, he, I, I think we see that. Um, it feels like I guess this every year, but I'm I'm gonna guess it again uh, this year and say Montez Ford um, is, is gonna break out and uh, you know become a single star for them. Uh, I, I think Walter probably keeps going up. I wouldn't oh, rule yeah. out a Walter a full title run, a, a heavyweight title run this year either. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like. Some other folks that we might see. Um, I think uh, Rick. I think Hobbs, Ricky Starks. I think we see Hobbs. 
and Ricky Starks for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we got to get Hobbs back in the mix. Uh, yeah. Get him back here now, especially now that Darby has the title again. Um, let him be the one that takes it off Darby and then just go on a crazy run. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Ricky, uh, top 10 for sure. He could be top five if you play it right. Um, I, I kind of think Ricky Starks is going to be the one that beats MJF for the title. I think they they too. saw the writing on the wall after winter is coming and they see how over yeah. he is after wrestling Jericho. I just think Starks, I think, has to be the one to do it now. Like you can totally build Starks throughout the summer and have him win it all out. I, I agree completely. I think I think you have two options here, and one frankly takes a lot more work than the other. The one the, the one that's easier is Starks. I think that's me. I think it's easily laid out. I think you just do you do exactly that. You build him up, mm-hmm. you just keep building him up over the summer, and he takes it all out. The only other option to me is Wardlow, but you gotta do some some repair on Wardlow. Yep, frankly, I agree. I mean, I was there live when uh, he got uh, scalped, right? Um, and uh, you, people were people wanted Joe. They did not want Wardlow. No, um, like people loved the King of Television, Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. um, and myself included. And I think Wardlow needs some rehabilitation. Get him back to what was working, and then I think. He could be the one, but I do think it would take a lot more effort than it would take. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Totally agree. We did it. We did it in record time, I think. Yeah. If it wasn't for Zoom's 40-minute bullshit. But anyway, (laughs) um, since you got to get out of here, I'll close it out. Um, But uh, where can we find you on Twitter, all that shit, the – What's your bliss podcast and everything? Where can we find all that? Yeah. Uh, so uh, you can follow uh, the What's Your Bliss podcast. Uh, I mentioned last time we're working on a little something. Uh, my wife and I are working on a podcast together that we're hoping to debut in the next few weeks. Probably going to be on the What's Your Bliss feed. Not going to be What's Your Bliss. Uh, but nice. we're still talking about joy and, and some fun things as well. Uh, nice. But I think think uh well i think people will really like it i don't want to announce it exactly yet but uh right. it's i think it's gonna be really fun um and uh yeah so so uh follow at your bliss pod uh on all places where you can where you can follow what's your bliss all social media you can follow me at thomas underscore ragland on twitter and instagram um i have taken twitter instagram and all other social media off of my phone um for the month to just give myself a little refresh um, That's good. But uh, I will uh, probably hit it full force again once uh, the new podcast rolls up, and I'll be on to uh, promote our uh, our wrap up here as well. But other than that, I'm I'm trying to take a social media break. I found myself really deep, particularly in the TikTok hole, and I said I need to get out of this. Uh, and uh, so it's it addicting. Like uh, to to get away for a little bit. So uh, I've been relying on Reddit a lot <laughs> for anything. <laughs> Shit, that's hilarious. I need to do that. I just need to get the fuck off Twitter. Psychos. Nothing but a fucking cesspool. But uh, you can follow... um, This will be on the Offended page. Since the last time we spoke, I can't remember if my Facebook had gotten hacked yet. Uh, My Facebook got hacked. The Offended Facebook page is no longer being ran by me. It's being ran by the Dominican Republic. And Facebook isn't doing jack shit about it. They haven't even gotten back to me about it yet. Um, but the offended page on Facebook right now has 32,000 followers now. Uh, it has exploded. So I, instead of just trying to get that page completely deleted, I'm just trying to regain access to it so I can have all these <laughs> followers on it. 
So we'll see what happens there. But for the meantime, just on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and YouTube, you can follow us at OffendedPod. Uh, make sure to go check out anythingbutcredible.com for all your network needs, including Offended, What's Your Bliss, uh, Going Off Topic, Anything But Credible, Movie Merge, Spacing Out, all that good shit. Go check it out at anythingbutcredible.com and give us a like and a follow. You can find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trick1042 on Instagram at Trick1042 underscore now because that also was a part of the hack from Facebook. Fuckers. Um, but yeah, big things moving forward. We, I'm definitely going to be recording more. I think we found a new time slot to record on Saturdays, which I really like. I feel more energetic. Let's do it. For Thomas, I'm Tricky. This has been the Wrestling Wrap-Up, presented by Anything But Credible and, of shit, my bad, JustCobbis.com. Make sure to go check that out, too. Our, my clothing line. We put out a new shirt this past week. Almost forgot to promote my own thing. <laughs> www.JustCobbis.com. Go check it out. Thomas, thanks for coming on again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.